Hey, this is Daniel. Thanks for listening to DIY Money. If you haven't already, be sure to give us a five-star review on iTunes so your friends know that they can learn from the show. Also, follow us everywhere on social at DIY Money Podcast. If you haven't already, be sure to check out the video on YouTube. We've got some awesome bonus content there. Now, enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. This is DIY Money. What? A little bit different. Just hey, Logan. It up. Just changing things. What happened to money, money, money? Uh, Did I do it right? I loved money, money, money. But no, you got to get it. You got to get it. Go into it a little bit deeper. M- money. Money. What? I don't know. Money, money, money. There, there you go. See? Better. Good. Your intro was very NPR. Yeah, it kind of it did sound a little NPR. Can you be, do it, it with more excitement? Um, no. <laughs> no pressure. <laughs> I am excited. But excited. I'm excited because it's fall. And fall... Pumpkin spice. Means... Well, <laughs> ball means football for me i love football mm-hmm. are you do you get into football nope well are you doing like <laughs> fantasy or anything i got suckered into a fantasy league for the first time in a decade wow and you watch a lot of football we were talking before the show you know exactly what all the players do and everything like that too i don't you were making fun of me because i don't know what a running back does well, well you got it because they run from where from the back there you go good <laughs> You guys still haven't explained exactly what they do. You see, my boy is too delicate to be playing foosball and whatever you call it with them gargantuans. So how's your fantasy team? Good, I guess. Okay. Uh, who did you pick in the first round? Um, my first round pick in one of my drafts, I was a late pick. So I was like 11 out of 12. I was 10 out of 14. Oh, wow. You have 14 people. League. That's pretty big. I, yeah, I was 11 out of 12. I got Aaron Jones, I think, first round. What is, who is he? Aaron Jones is a running back. Okay. Runs from the back. Yep, exactly. I got uh, Kelsey. Kels? Travis Kelsey. Okay, yeah. Tight end. That guy. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in the first round. Okay. All right. Well, he's pretty good. He's pretty good. He had some pointage, I guess. Okay. And he plays for Kansas City. Yeah. And didn't, they did something good, right? Yeah. They went to the they went to the Super Bowl last year. Last year. Okay. They went I to thought... the Super Bowl. They didn't win it. Okay. But they went. Oh, so he sucks. <laughs> yes. No, he's they're actually. I have a loser. They're on my really team. good. They're really good. You'll be good. Your your team will be fine. Foosball, you playing the foosball behind my okay. back? Who do you have for um, quarterback? Um, so I was I did that later down the draft. So I got Matt Stafford. I think he's going to have a great year this year. And who's he play for? He now plays for the Rams. He played for the Lions for a really long time. I'm a huge Green Bay Packers fan. Cool. So now that he's out of our division, I can cheer for him a little bit more. Gotcha. I've got yeah. Wilson out of Seattle. Yeah, yes. My somebody on my quarterback in my league tried to get me to trade him, and I was like, "I think he's good. Uh, He's good. Yeah, yeah. So I'm solid. I think. Yeah. I don't know. I'm rated eighty percent to win this week over my opponent or whatever. Uh, So it's eighty twenty favoring me. I feel like you're going to be one of those people that comes into a draft and just picks like the top person, but you're going to end up like winning. That's what I, happens in every one of my my drafts. I read the blogs on the internet to figure out strategy and then created a spreadsheet. I had my list ready to go. So this is with my cycling team, okay? Okay. So it was hard enough because we did the draft during our Saturday morning workout. So it was a 6.30 a.m. draft while we were on the bike <laughs> oh cycling. Goodness. And I know nothing, so I had to have a spreadsheet ready ahead of time with like five picks for every round to figure out what we would do. 
and then it was changing dynamically because people would pick my picks, obviously, and stuff. That's how a draft works, I guess. Strategery. Very complicated. My 12-person league with a bunch of guys one year out of college definitely was not on cycling bikes, so you already had a different experience. It was fun. I think we were the only draft going on at 6.30 in the morning. <laughs> Probably, but that's great. That is great. All right. All well, right. We do well, have a question today. We have plenty of bro talk, so let's get to our question. Uh, let's hear from Sarah. D-I-Y! Hi, guys. Thanks so much for the show. I've really enjoyed learning from your wisdom. My name is Sarah. I'm 30 years old, and in addition to my retirement accounts, I have a brokerage account with the goal of kind of growing my money while saving for projects, cars, etc. down the road. I've been looking into the idea of tax loss harvesting and was wondering your thoughts on this matter. Thanks. Bye. All right. So tax loss harvesting, Daniel. I feel like there's a lot of definitions we need to know for this topic, for tax loss harvesting and what that means. So can you give us a, a little rundown of that? Yeah, we should almost do a money minute on this. Oh, we will. In case people haven't I'm seen sure Instagram and Facebook, right? Yeah, Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter, we all do money minutes yeah. on that. So anyhow, tax loss harvesting, uh, what it essentially is, is over time, you're going to have in your taxable investing account, you're sometimes going to have positions uh, that have gone up significantly over time. But you'll also have positions uh, that haven't done as well. Uh, Maybe they actually might be at a loss or under what you purchased them for. What tax harvesting allows you to do is it allows you to sell some of the positions that are at a loss to also allow you to sell some of the positions that are at a gain, therefore neutralizing out the tax consequence of that. If you had just sold the positions that were had a gain in them, you would have to pay capital gains uh, tax if you held them for over one year. Uh, or normal income tax, short-term gains, uh, if they were held less than a year. And so by selling some of the positions that are at a loss to offset some of the positions that are at a gain, you significantly reduce the taxable effect on your account. Okay, so... That was a lot of jargon. So I'm let sorry. me let me just yeah, try not to DIY summarize that. So if you if you're a, bought two stocks, mm-hmm. let's just say hypothetically two stocks, you bought both of them at $100, bought one stock each. Yep. The first stock goes from 100 to 110 you want to realize some of that gain, so you sell it at 110. You made ten dollars on it. Mm-hmm. If you did nothing else, you would pay either capital gains in uh, capital gains tax on it yep. or income tax on it if it was in a year period. Correct. But then for the other side, if that other stock went down ten dollars, you could essentially sell it and neutralize it, not pay any tax. Correct? Effectively, yeah. Okay. So your tax situation when it comes down to investments, capital gains, et cetera, is uh, basically the net uh, result of all of your um, sales or dispositions for the year. So uh, it's not you're not paying tax on every single transaction. You're kind of aggregating all of those all together by the end of the year and putting your effectively your net short-term gain or loss and your net long-term gain or loss. And then those even kind of somewhat offset each other uh, as well at the end of the day. So it, it's, you can kind of aggregate all of those sales together to get kind of one number that is either going to be a gain or loss for the year. And then you're taxed on actually uh, that particular number. So uh, thinking about it holistically and going, okay, yeah, I own this particular stock that has done exceptionally well, especially uh, this year in 2021, there's going to be some positions that have done uh, really well if you're investing in individual stocks and some positions that have just kind of limped along or depending on when you bought them, maybe they are down. And so you can kind of help offset some of that. But there are some considerations that you do have to keep in mind when it comes to that. So 
uh, if you were looking to tax loss harvest, uh, what are some of the rules that you might uh, think about? Well, I think one of the biggest things that you have to think about is to make sure that you're not doing too many sales of the losses and not offsetting it with gains. Hmm. Because if you go in and you say sell and have $10,000 worth of losses, but you only, you're not selling any of your gains, you want to hold on to that Apple or something that has done extremely well. If you're not selling those gains, you can only recognize $3,000 of that loss on your current tax bracket. And then you can carry over 3000 as well. But then essentially you have $4,000 in loss sitting out there that you're not using. Yeah. So the maximum amount of losses that you can claim on any one year's uh, income taxes is a $3,000 net loss. So uh, keeping in mind that that's the total net loss on your tax return that you can claim. If you had, um, say, $10,000 in losses that you took, but then you had $13,000 in gains, well, you take $13,000 in gains, you minus out $10,000 in losses, and you have a net $3,000 gain. So it's important to note that's not the total amount of losses that you're allowed to take in a given year. That's the net. So if you had had, if you flip that and you had a $13,000 loss that you're offsetting with $10,000 gain, then you'd be at that $3,000 uh, maximum and and you'd be okay. okay. Um, and that just is going to effectively reduce your income by that amount, therefore saving you some taxes. Yeah. And then the one other rule that I think we definitely want to consider is a wash sale. Very important. Okay. So can you explain a little bit deeper on a wash sale and what that means? Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of times when people hear about this tax loss harvesting go, oh, so I can sell something that's down, uh, sell something that's up. And then, you know, I'll go in the next day and just kind of repurchase that because I want to own that for the long term. And that's not the case. You actually do need to wait 30 days after that sale. And actually, you can't have any purchases 30 days prior to that sale either. Otherwise, you run into the wash sale rule. And what the wash sale rule is in the very simplified terms is that they're basically going to the IRS is basically going to force you to roll over your cost basis into that new position. Because what they're what they're going to look at and think about because of you transacting in such a short period of time is that your actual intent was not to dispose of that position, but you, you just were basically taxes. just trying to avoid taxes. Yeah. And the way that the IRS works is they generally try to avoid uh, the ability for, for you to be able to do that. So uh, what they're going to say is, well, that looks like it was really just uh, one short-term transaction that you were just doing for tax purposes. So they make you kind of stretch that out for 30 days. Illegal formation on the kicking team. Five-yard penalty, fourth down. It's important to think about because there's actually been times that I've done tax loss harvesting and I've sold a position um, that was at uh, gain, sold a position that was a loss uh, to offset each other, wanted to buy those back within 30 days, but then like earnings comes up or something like that. And the positions move dramatically in the wrong direction. And then I end up having to pay more. And then it basically offsets the actual tax effect that I just right. gained. And so it's something to keep in mind. The other thing probably to keep in mind is uh, if you're just index investing and things like that, you might not have a great opportunity to do this. Mm-hmm. Unless, say, for instance, you know, your like S&P 500 is up dramatically, but your emerging markets or international funds are down. Um, usually when people are talking about tax loss harvesting, most of the time they're talking about individual securities. Um, you do see some of the um, sort of like robo advisors, uh, Betterment and so forth, that are able to do it based upon the different what's called tax lots, the different sort of purchase dates that you have in the account. Uh, and sometimes you can do it between your stock and your bond side. Um, so if 
if you kind of have seen sort of some of your uh, bond ETFs and things like that go down, but your stocks go up dramatically, you can kind of offset those with one another. So I think it's, uh, you know, for Sarah, I think it's a very valuable thing to keep in mind. Again, you don't want to necessarily manage your entire investment strategy with taxes, but you want to keep taxes in mind as you create and manage your investment strategy because you are going to have to pay taxes. Uh, that's just part of the game. Uh, so keep it in mind, but don't um, don't let the taxes sort of determine everything that you do. Just kind of keep an eye on that. Now, what I do like about tax loss harvesting is that over time, what it is effectively doing is continually raising your cost basis so mm-hmm. that in the future, you don't have this position that has a massive amount of gains at the time that you want to use it. And you're right. going, oh, should I take this money out to fund my goal? It's going to cost me this much in taxes. Right. Though at the end of the day, I mean, if you if you have a goal and you need the money, you're going to probably do it. Yeah. I like what you said about kind of, you don't want to focus necessarily on this, but it's a good thing to look at. And you have to get this tax loss harvesting done before the end of the year. So before mm-hmm. December 31st, you have to do it. It may be a good thing around November, December, start looking at, hey, do I have an opportunity to offset some of the gains? Hey, this stock has done really well. Maybe I'll sell some of that and then sell some of the loss as well. So Great question, Sarah. Really appreciate you know you you sending us in a question. Feel free to send us in video questions as well. We would love to use that and utilize it on our YouTube page. But great question about tax loss harvesting. Make sure you check out our money minutes to learn a little bit more. And if you're in a fantasy football league, tell us who you picked in your first round of your draft in the comments below on YouTube so I can see if I did better than others. The chickens are coming home to roost. You gonna lose all your fancy foosball games. Absolutely. Let's we're hear about it. <laughs> Next year, we're gonna have to get like a DIY fantasy football league or something. Oh, we definitely need Find to do that. 14 listeners that we can go against. And What's a quarterback do, Daniel? Uh, they throw the ball. Okay, good. I was gonna. I was worried you were gonna say they were gonna quarter from the back. So. <laughs> <laughs> it's actually that name doesn't make sense at all compared to running back. Yeah, I don't know where they came from that. I really don't know. No idea. Uh, but yeah, put a comment below if you're in a fantasy league. Uh, I'm certain that pretty much any of our listeners could do better than I can. And uh, yeah, if you've ever used tax loss harvesting in your portfolio, tell us how you've done that before. Are you like me where you've sold something only to see it over the next 30 days uh, be less advantageous or has it been a successful strategy to you? All right. Thank you all so much and have a good one. Thanks for listening to this episode of the show. If you want content delivered to you regularly, be sure to follow us on Instagram at DIY.money. And if you want your question aired on the show, be sure to send that to us and you'll get a $25 Amazon gift card. This show is for entertainment and educational purposes only and is not intended as personal financial advice. Before making any financial decision, please do your homework and consult a financial advisor as needed.